All right, another episode of Whiskey Throttle Radio. Thank you guys for listening. On this show, we'll have Colton Eck, Privateer Hero. as uh, number 526, racing 450 Supercross. We talked to him about his 2019 season so far. Also, really bad spinal injury in 2017. You might remember he got landed on at Dallas Supercross. So we talked to him uh, about, you know, being pretty much paralyzed to back to racing, professional Supercross. Incredible story. Uh, he's a really cool dude. After that, we have Alex Witkowski on, Indiana native, off-road racer. He's racing National Enduros. He's raced Sprint Enduros. He's raced ISDEs, raced GNCCs. So we talked to him about all that um, and more. Huge shout-out to our sponsors, Blood Lubricants, highest quality oil out there. They sponsor top privateers like Henry Miller, Tyler Bowers, Colton Ake. He's sponsored by them. So make sure to check them out at bloodlubricants.com. That's B-L-U-D, lubricants.com. And use the promo code WHISKEY for 25% off. That's right, 25% off. Also, huge shout-out to Risk Racing, makers of high-quality, innovative motocross products. Always helping out. If you're in New York or Vegas or in any of the nationals this year, swing by Henry Miller's pit. He's got, uh, he's got some sweet Risk products there including the all-new ATS Fully Adjustable Magnetic Moto Stand. This thing's badass. Make sure to check it out and say good luck to Henry. As always, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, subscribe on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. All right, let's go. Privateer out of California, number 526. It's Cole Nate. What's up, man? How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, just ready to get through this week so I can ride my dirt bike this weekend. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> sure. Exactly. But, uh, hey, man, you know, just starting off, I saw you got third at the two-stroke nationals in the, at Glen Helen in the 125 class. How was that, man? How was that whole event like? Dude, it's a blast. I, uh... I really look forward to that event every year. Um, growing up, I always rode two strokes. You know, my dad really believes like, you know, you got to be, you got to be good on a 125 before you can get on a 250F. You know, so uh, I rode two strokes until until I turned pro, like like AMA pro. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. I really enjoy riding two strokes. The whole event's like super laid back. It's a blast and. Uh, yeah, to come out with third was cool. I uh, kind of struggled on the first moto. Otherwise, I think I could have been in contention for the win. But uh, it was all around. It was, it was a blast. It was, I had a super good time. How hard is it for you to, um, you know, go from racing your 450 every weekend to hopping on a 125 and changing it up? Dude, it, it was gnarly. I uh, I didn't ride the bike until Thursday uh, before the race. And, dude, like, after my first moto on Thursday, I was thinking to myself, dude, I, 
I'm done. I can't even do this. Like it was, I, I had such a hard time adjusting at first. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a completely different motorcycle. It weighs way less. You got zero power. You actually have to use the clutch. It's, uh, it was, uh, it was, took a lot of adjusting, but I mean, you know, I, like I said, I grew up riding them and racing them. So, uh, I adjusted quickly and it was, it was fun. Yeah. It probably comes back quick. It must've been gnarly too at Glen Helen, you know, with all the hills and stuff there. It seems like a tough track to ride on a 125. Yeah, it was brutal. And, uh, in the race, I didn't know this until race day, but, uh, all, all my competition were on 150s (laughs) and, uh, I, I thought it was just a regular straight up 125 class, but uh, everybody else was riding big boards, so that didn't make it any easier for me. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you really noticed that just that extra little bit of power, especially on those you know long uphills. Yeah, long uphills, super long start. I mean, we get up, up into fifth gear on the start there, and uh, yeah, it makes it tough on a 125 for sure. Yeah, I bet. Um... Let's talk some Supercross uh, 2019 season so far. Are you happy with it? Uh, how's it been going? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with uh, the way the last couple weekends have gone, but uh, I'm not stoked on the season overall. I uh, ended up knocking myself out uh, like about a week before Anaheim 1, and then uh, <clears throat> I tried to come back at Anaheim 2, and I crashed in practice there, and it kind of rang my bell again. So I decided I needed to take a couple months off. Um, so, you know, for the first 10 races or whatever, I was sitting at home working and not riding. So, uh, that made it kind of tough when I, when I came back, I came back at Seattle and, uh, been racing every race since then. But, uh, Denver was really good for me. I finally felt like I, you know, got on my own head and I, I rode the way I know how. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend in New Jersey. I'm I'm excited. I feel like I'm riding good and uh, things are starting to click. So hopefully end the last two races on a high note. Yeah, speaking of Denver, I remember I was watching uh, the practice show and definitely uh, seemed like you were riding really good and put some pretty good times in there. But uh, what was it like? I always wondered, what's it like riding in that snow in the morning? That must have been different, huh? Yeah, it was super different. I've... Uh, all my life, I've never ridden in snow, let alone on a supercross track. So uh, it was super interesting. The, the worst part was just how cold it was. Yeah. Like, you know, as soon as we left from the rig, it was you were freezing the whole time. And then when you got out there, your hands were felt like they were about to fall off. They were getting so cold. So uh, that was kind of tough. But um, it actually, like, it was good that it snowed because the track was going to be extremely dry otherwise. Like, uh, in the first two practices, it was actually pretty good. And then the last practice, it got super blue goo and, and super dry. It kind of almost reminded me of the way Vegas gets. Yeah. Um, That's what uh, I was hearing. It was but, like, yeah, it was cool. It was kind of like Vegas. I was I was shocked on how um, how dry it was because even then, I mean, I'm sure you heard everyone was going kind of crazy with all the snow they had gotten that week and how the track was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking it was going to be kind of sloppy to begin with. But, um yeah, it dried up like crazy, I guess, because of low humidity out there. Yeah, and dude, dirt works like I got to give it to those guys. They they had a little screw up there in San Diego, but for the most part, those guys are on it. You know, they they do a super good job. Like, yeah, we had what like probably two feet of snow on Thursday, and then you know, racing Saturday, and they needed to water the track. So, uh, yeah, it was 
it was definitely crazy cool cool new experience to ride in the snow and then uh, but but yeah overall I, I really enjoyed denver yeah keep shining your toes uh you mentioned you're headed to new jersey this weekend what's your program like you driving it around you flying uh yeah so i'm flying to the races um i put my i drove to seattle and i uh, put my bike on with the bwr bwr haunting um so i'm paying them to take it to the races and then uh fly back and forth i just find it's a lot easier to you know find good practice tracks to ride and just stay on a good training program when you're at home um but yeah this this weekend's tough i uh i had a couple people that were gonna mechanic for me and then uh they ended up having some stuff come up at the last minute so i'm as of right now it's uh it's wednesday night and i'm i'm solo i'm uh, going all alone so it'll yeah, be interesting i just i actually just saw that on your instagram like right before we came on here and it seems like i see that a lot with the privateers uh how tough is that like when you when you do have to get some someone random or kind of just do it on your own mechanicing how tough is that on you yeah it's it's super tough i mean you know it's hard as a privateer it's like unless you know somebody who lives locally you know you can't really afford to fly anybody there you know i'm spending 90 percent of my purse money i make the weekend before on a flight for the next week so um it's tough but i mean you gotta do what you gotta do you know like i said we can't afford to fly somebody so either find somebody who lives local and you know just take a chance and i mean i've done that twice now i did that twice last year and uh i mean it worked out you know moto people are always yeah. super cool you know generally moto people are super good people and you know it's really not super hard to to keep the bike running on a saturday anyways you're pretty much just putting gas in it and keeping the chain lube and running a pit board so um yeah if anybody uh i don't know when this will be posted but if anybody out there's listening uh, once you're a mechanic, hit me up. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, send uh, old Colt Nake a DM on Instagram and uh, help him out. I'm sure, I'm sure it's not insanely hard to find someone that you know wants to get out there and help out. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you, Colton, is why Honda? What, why, why the red bike? Um, you know, I just love Hondas. Honestly, I, uh, I wish I had like a solid answer for you, but. I mean, I just, I've always felt super comfortable on Hondas and I rode them a lot growing up and, uh, yeah, just really enjoyed Hondas. I, I had Yamahas for a few years, like probably 2013 through 15 probably on Yamahas. And honestly, I really just kind of struggled with them the whole time and got back on a Honda and, you know, felt happy again. So, um, I mean, unless something comes up where I can get some, you know, really good support on a different brand i don't see myself switching yeah i'm sure when it comes to you know racing pro supercross or motocross riding what you're comfortable on riding with your what you're happy with uh really goes a long way you know all the bikes are are really good these days so it's probably not too much a difference really what you're riding and if you're feeling good on it it's really going to help you out yeah exactly like you said i mean the all the bikes are so good nowadays there's like you said there's really not much of a difference so, you know, whatever you drive with, I think at the privateer level, at least that's yeah. what you got to go with, you know, because you got to find every advantage you can get, you know, to be comfortable on your bike. So Definitely. Um, let's talk 2017 here, Colton. I think a lot, a lot of people know, especially if they follow you on uh, social media, you had a really bad crash in Arlington. Uh, take us through that. What happened? Uh, what injuries did you have? Yeah. Um, so it was a heat race uh last lap of the heat race 
and uh, I was battling with Cody Gilmore and Kyle White. We were all, you know, real bunched up. And uh, Gilmore was leading. I was in the middle. White was in the back. And the triple that weekend was, like, right out of a turn, a flat turn. So it was kind of hard to do. And Gilmore didn't get a good drive. He rolled it. So then I kind of doubled and jumped out of the way so I wouldn't land on him. And then White was right behind me and kind of had nowhere to go. So, uh, yeah, he landed on me. And it was brutal. Um, I broke my back in two places. Um, I L1 and L2 and um, uh, broke like every rib on my left hand side and uh, broke my shoulder, collapsed a lung um, and then actually like bruised my spinal cord um, when I broke my back. So that was that was a long time. I uh, <clears throat> It was about maybe three or four hours before I started to have like a little bit of feeling come back uh, in my toes and stuff. And then, um, you know, over the next like three or four months, I, I had to learn how to walk again. And um, I mean, I'm I'm still, I wouldn't say I'm 100% over it. You know, I'm I'm maybe uh, you know 80 or 90%. Um, but you know, it's enough where I live a completely normal life now. You know, don't don't deal with any you know paralysis or anything like that anymore. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm super blessed to be able to to race my dirt bike again after after that you know not yeah. even race on dirt bike just to walk again yeah. really so yeah i'm sure um, um right after it happens you're laying there and you really you know you can't feel much it's got to be pretty pretty terrifying yeah it was super scary you know a lot it's like you know you see it happen and it's one of those things like you know it can happen but you know you never think it'll happen to you and yeah laying there on the track couldn't feel anything like below my belly button it was it was super scary, you know, those next few hours or, you know, all kinds of things go through your mind, you know, and you think, you know, your life's never going to be the same. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, super, super blessed to, to be able to live a normal life and, and to race my dirt bike again. What was, uh, what was the recovery process like? You said, I, I mean, it took you a couple months just to, you know, learn to, to walk again. Was there at any point you thought about, you know, hanging up the boots? Did you ever, I, I'm, I'm sure you probably thought you might not ever be able to ride again uh, for sure at the beginning there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like for sure. In the beginning I was, I was in the hospital for like uh, three weeks and then I stayed in like an inpatient uh, rehab place where they, where I learned how to walk again for another three weeks. And um, yeah, through that whole time, I never really thought that I would, you know, be able to ever like, I mean, I thought I might be able to ride again, but never to race, like, at a professional level again. Um, but, I, I mean, it was pretty early on, like, something clicked in my head, and I decided, it's probably maybe three months after my injury, and, like, I decided I was going to race Anaheim more the next year. And uh, that, like, that goal just drove me every day. That's what got me up out of bed and got me, you know, working hard. I was doing you know, physical therapy twice a day, like, six days a week. Um, you know, trying to get my strength and my coordination and all that stuff back. And, um, yeah, that goal of like, you know, chasing that until we get back to Anaheim, I think that is, you know, one of the biggest reasons for such having such a successful recovery, you know, just, uh, like I said, it got me up out of bed every single day and just kept me driving, kept me hungry. Yeah. I gave you a reason to, you know, 
kick or work your ass off and get back to where you were. Um, what, uh, what did your family and friends, you know, say or think when you told them you were going to race a one the next year? Oh man. I mean, still to this day, I have a lot of people telling me that I can, you know, hang it up and that, uh, you know, I got a second chance at life and, you know, not to waste it, but you know, my, my dad's pretty supportive of it. My mom, I mean, she's supportive too, but you know, mm-hmm. deep down, I know she really hates seeing me ride a motorcycle. Um, but it's what I love to do. And, you know, I feel like I said, you know, I do feel like I got a second chance and, you know, I got a second chance to chase my dreams. So if, uh, if I didn't do that and if I didn't, you know, come back out and race Supercross, I think I'd regret it for the rest of my life. So, uh, try to live with no regrets and just go for it, you know, do what makes you happy. Yeah. I, you know, I couldn't agree more and it's, you know, it's something you you've done your whole life and to just not do it anymore. It, it's got to be rough. I mean, my dad, uh, this was probably like six or seven years ago now, he, he had a spinal injury as well. I had to do the whole process. Not as It didn't take as long. It wasn't as severe as yours. Um, but, you know, learn to walk again and all that and actually raced the same exact track a year later and won. It's it's something we want, us motocross riders might be a little hard-headed, and we just I think it's the love of the sport and the drive that we have that keeps us going and keeps us wanting to be back out there. Yeah. Yeah, man, I mean – I know a lot of people think motocross is stupid, but, you know, anybody who's done it will know, like, man, it's addicting. We can't really live without it, so. How um how long did it take you to, like, on, like, a supercross track to, to really feel comfortable again, you know, jumping triples and doing the rhythms and stuff like that? I mean, that stuff's not so bad for me. Actually, you know, because I got landed on on the triple. So, for, the like, my entire career – I always hated triples. I don't know why. I mean, like the first four years I raced supercross, I hated triples. Like they always scared me for some reason. And uh, after I got land, like I, it would always take me a long time to jump them. Like you know, it would be like near the end of the first practice before I'd jump both the triples. Mm-hmm. Um, but after my injury, I mean, now I, I can't even. I don't even like to roll them. A lot of times I'll jump them first lap of practice yeah. just because. You know, I, I guess that, like, kind of, I guess it's PTSD or something, but I don't like to roll them. But, I mean, that stuff's cool, and, you know, I'm, I'm all good with that. The only thing that still scares me is, you know, like, the thing that really scares me is the first lap. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we just saw, like, one of my good buddies, Tyler Antichamp, he got landed on in Tennessee uh, at Nashville. You know, the first lap yeah. is just, it's chaotic, and, you know, everybody's doing some different rhythm or, you know, somebody will roll in front of you and, you know, it's all, everything's happening in such like split second decisions, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a little stressful. So, you know, yeah. kind of always have that in the back of my mind for the first lap. Yeah. I was, I was there at Nashville. I didn't see uh, the wreck, but it was, you could just tell by the crowd's reaction. It was definitely a, a bad one. And even like in Seattle with like Chad Reed and Brayton, you know, mm-hmm. Chad Reed's a legend of sport and it's just first lap it can happen to anyone where something goes wrong and uh, takes you down. So I can definitely understand that. Yeah. I mean, it's not really, we're all, you know, riding that edge and, you know, everybody's hanging it out and, you know, that's what happens, you know, it's, yep. everything's happening so fast. It's, it's easy to make a mistake. And then, you know, you've got 20 guys around you, and, mm-hmm. you know, things happen quick. So definitely. Um, uh, let's take it back a ways here. How did you uh, first get in, uh, started with riding and racing? 
So my uncle, Jason, uh, he owns a shop here in Phoebe Valley where I live. Um, it's called the Racer's Edge, and he's like, he doesn't, uh, he's not a dealer, but he does, you know, like, uh, he has a service center and, you know, sells parts and accessories and stuff like that. That's actually where I, where I work. I'm actually just coming home from work right now. Um, but yeah, so obviously with him, you know, my uncle owning a shop, it's kind of been part of my life since I can remember. So, uh, I got, got myself a PW50 when I was like maybe four, uh, and then, you know, fell in love with it, started racing around seven and, uh, the rest is history, you know, went, uh, did the amateur nationals for a few years, like once I got on big bikes and stuff, um, yeah, it's just, uh, love racing my dirt bike. That's, that was like the only thing that really mattered to me, you know, really since I can remember, yeah, you know, I never wanted to play any sports or do anything, but, but rather motorcycle. So. That's, uh, that's exactly how, how I was. My parents made me play baseball and it, uh, I was so over it. I just wanted to, you know, cause my games were on Sunday. I just wanted to go to the track and ride, but, uh, growing up, um, in California, who'd you uh, grow up riding with who were like, not so much your rivals racing, but who'd you, who did you race with growing up? Oh man, it's tough. Cause you know, not really a whole lot of dudes that I came up with are still racing anymore. Um, you know, just local names that probably nobody would really know too much, but I remember, I do remember racing with Tyler into camp and he was, he was next level on outdoors, you know, back when I was a B rider, uh, he was real gnarly. And then, um, Chris Aldridge was always okay. super fast. Like that was, he was the man like in my, in my generation. And then, uh, yeah, everybody else has kind of, kind of gone by the wayside, like the Baggett and Nicolizzi's and Kennards and all those, those guys were like a year or two ahead of me. And then, um, yeah, there's not really many. Bichelia, he was he was always gnarly. I remember racing him on an 85. But, yeah, I, yeah. I, I recognize the, the 805, you know, area code, obviously. And I guess Carlin Carl Gardner, I know he's from that area too, but would he be younger than you? No, me and Carlin are the same age, and it's weird because, like, I I know his dad, and I, like, I recognize recognize his dad like I, I grew up racing and seeing his dad's races but i can't remember ever racing carlin i'm not sure uh what happened there but yeah he's he's from the 805 so i know we've been at a bunch of races together but uh i don't remember ever racing him it's kind of weird huh. that is a little bit odd uh where are you riding riding during the week up there or are you are you just working uh, no, I mean, lately, you know, since Seattle, I haven't really worked a whole lot. Um, been trying to focus on, on riding. Um, but you know, kind of all over the place, like, uh, milestone is really the only public track that's open anymore. Public supercross track. Um, so I ride there quite a bit. And then, uh, Robbie Wageman has a pretty good track. That's about 45 minutes from our house. So I'll ride there with him. And then, uh, yesterday and today, I just rode up at Castillo Ranch with uh, with Adam and Tignath and Carlin Gardner. Okay. So it's weird because I'm kind of, besides Wageman's track, I'm like kind of not really close to anything. I'm a few hours from Castillo's and a couple hours from Milestone. So I'm kind of like right in this little zone that doesn't really have any tracks. Mm -hmm. So How is it uh, uh, riding with Robbie? He's been having a pretty good year this year, this season. Yeah, Robbie's been killing it. I'm super proud of that guy. He's uh, 
he's he's like one of the most naturally talented dudes I've ever seen ride a bike. Like he's got so much talent and uh, you know, he's kinda of struggled in the last few years, so it's cool to see him, you know, finally kinda of have a breakout year and I'm uh looking forward to it. I think he might put it in the top ten here by the end of the year. So Yeah, that would uh, that'd be awesome. be uh, awesome to see. So we have two rounds left of Supercross. What's one thing that you would uh, need to improve on to get that five two six in the main event? Man, my whoops. My whoops, my whoops, my whoops. It's kind of been the story of my life, and I don't know why I haven't addressed it until now. But uh, these last few weeks, I, I struggled in the whoops a lot, so I've been working on that during the week. And actually at Denver, uh, I felt like the whoops was one of my strong points, and, and it wasn't a very big set of whoops, but um, I felt fast in them. So um, the whoops are my main thing because if I can get through the whoops good, then I can kind of carry confidence around the whole track. Um, you know, when, if you're scared of one part of the track, you kind of bring that energy through the whole track and you ride tense. So, um, yeah, just uh, been working on my whoops a lot, and I think that's kind of my missing link. So. The only thing left is to get a good start, you know, in the heat race of the LCQ. And, you know, I think I got what it takes, you know. I'm right there with Carlin and Adam at the practice track, and both of those guys are, are making mains pretty regularly. So, uh, you know, just got to just gotta put it all together on a race day. Yeah, definitely, man. And, uh, you know, I hope to see you in those mains. But before I let you go, who do you want to thank for uh, getting you out there? Uh, first and foremost, uh, I'd like to thank, Tri-County Power Sports, um, they, you know, supplied me with a bike to race, and, uh, you know, that helped out huge. And then uh, I'd like to thank uh, Charity Air Ambulance, uh, my uncle's shop, the Racer's Edge, <clears throat> uh, Complete Electric, uh, Three Amiga Transportation, um, O'Neill, uh, Bell Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Alpine Stars, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, blood lubricants, uh, Worst Connection, Recluse, FMF, and uh, oh, Hoosier tires. Those are uh, the Hoosiers have been awesome uh, in the first year running those. And uh, shoot, uh, I forgot anybody else. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, thank you to everybody who helps me out. Uh, it's couldn't couldn't do it without all my awesome sponsors. Awesome, Colton. Well, uh, good luck in New York and Vegas, and uh, thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. See you. What's up, guys? We've got some exciting news as our sponsor, Blood Lubricants, continues to push the bar with high-quality products. In addition to their already outstanding racing oil, they've added fork and shock fluid, gear oil, chain lube, kick-ass degreaser, detailer, and pre-race spray. Whether you have a UTV, Harley, ATV, or dirt bike, Blood Lubricants has you covered. They're offering sponsorship opportunities from the amateur level to the pro level, and they're already sponsoring top privateers like Tyler Bowers, Henry Miller, and Bubba Polly. Racing is in their blood, but that's not all. They want to hook you guys up as well. Head on over to bloodlubricants.com. That's B-L-U-D lubricants.com. And use promo code whiskey for 25% off your order. Don't need no need to rewind it. I'll say it again. 25% off your order with promo code whiskey at bloodlubricants.com. Jeff Green hooking you guys up. High quality stuff. Check it out. Back to the show.
All right, on the line with me right now, it's Alex Woodkowski. What's going on, man? Oh, not too much. It's uh, over here in Wisconsin right now, enjoying uh, enjoying some sunshine while we have it. Sunshine in Wisconsin. I figured it'd be still snow- I know snowed it. up up there. It's uh, they're legit talking about snow tomorrow. I'll be <laughs> shocked if we get it, but uh, I'd be upset. I'd be not happy if we got the snow, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I just, uh, I thought it was, so I'm from Florida originally. I thought it was bad. I moved to North Carolina, and it just started warming up. I got you. I couldn't imagine living way up there. I definitely miss the winters in Florida down there. They're nice. But, yeah, up here, this has been a late year. I've been used to riding a lot more. Um, I've been around the, I mean, I grew up in Indiana, and then uh, I just recently moved to Michigan. But um, there's some good tracks up there. I mean, I've always grown up, like, racing Redbud and stuff, too. Um man the weather this year is just killing us it's been raining and snowing it seems like forever yeah it was a, a brutal winter down here too but uh i figured you'd be on your way to louisiana that's what i figured i knew that was gonna be the first question i was like oh man it's gonna be terrible i actually uh some of uh, you know i'm riding for the video state team as a factory support rider and this is the first national endeavor i think i've missed since oh man it's, i've been racing these since 2015 um but I kind of got into some different things this year. Um, luckily, the team has worked with me um, a bunch. Those guys are awesome. It's kind of like a little family there now. I mean, I said I've been there for a while. But I kind of got into some business ventures uh, this year with one of my other buddies I met um, through racing. And, yeah, say I kind of got it. I'm getting into um, the restaurant business. It's okay. a real good opportunity. So right now I'm trying to juggle juggle both while opening my own restaurant. But, unfortunately, the uh, – the restaurant kind of took over this weekend, and we're busy doing that type of stuff. I got you. Yeah, I guess I guess it's it's tough for uh, you more so than me to realize. I guess you can only ride you know dirt bikes so long. <laughs> I I just you know graduated college and getting in the workforce, so it's like oh I don't have time to as much time to ride anymore. And you know it's the same thing for even pro guys. It's a bummer. I uh, like I said, I'm, I've been lucky enough. I plan to do it. I mean, full time a lot more more often for sure, but. I say one of my buddies, um, his name's Ross. He actually races uh, some like District 14 stuff, which is like the Michigan, <clears throat> the Michigan series, mm-hmm. uh, the hair scrambles and that. He uh, he owns his own restaurant and he's really helped me out a bunch with that. And just knew it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up for. I mean, for the future. So yep. I guess I'm trying to juggle both, but it's going good for the most part. Yeah, definitely still get to you know ride somewhat. And uh, you raced the first two enduros in the AA class. Kind of a slower start, but I did read, uh, I guess you had a couple months off the bike there, I guess with the whole move and all that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't get to, I'm used to, I'm used to going down throughout the winter and um, like my, probably my, one of my better seasons uh, going down with Mike um, and training with Scott Plessinger, especially we got in a lot of time before, I think it was the first time I trained with Scott was uh, going into 16, the 16th season. That was a good one. I won the um i think i won the open a championship in national enduro and i got like top amateur but i mean we had the time through the winter and i really got to train hard mm-hmm. and then this year this was like i say the first big big adjustment into trying to do other things and i just didn't unfortunately get to go down and train um so i showed up to round one i actually thought it would go i actually thought it would go worse i felt a lot better than i thought it was so i was happy with that um and then that was on one of my older bikes Okay. And then just after that, Beta sent me the new uh, 2019s, and I've been getting time on those bikes, and they're pretty sweet. I went to a uh, ISD qualifier a week or two ago, and the bike was awesome there. 
Let's uh, let's talk about uh, the beta. I've seen you've been on them for quite a while now. How did that you know relationship with them start? It's a pretty crazy story. I uh, I think it was back in probably 2012. Um, I was at a national hair scramble, and it was actually Michigan too. And uh, I had a KTM at the time, and I mean it was an awesome bike. There's nothing wrong with it. And just by a freak accident before the race, my bike wouldn't start, and I can't remember exactly what it was. But uh, there was a baby dealership kind of parked by us, and they had uh, like bikes out for demo rides. And then just by team, I mean, they were super nice guys, and they're like, hey, you know, we're not supposed to do this, but if you want, we've got a 350, you can race it. So, of course, I was pumped. Like, I was all, I was all about it. So I got to race that bike, and we did good, and I ended up getting a good relationship with those guys. That was the first time I rode one, and then kind of um, I went back to, I mean, I rode my KTM for a few more years, um, I think up until. 2015, about halfway through the season, um, I, mean, I was full on, I guess you'd say privateer. I think that's kind of blown out sometimes. But I mean, I definitely was getting tough to go to the races and the nationals on my own, my own dollar. And especially, you know, buying the bike and everything was so expensive at the time. So I uh, sent out some emails and then ended up working on a deal with those guys. And I rode it, um, one of their, I think it was the 2015, there was a 300. And I rode some races on it to finish up the 15 season. And it went good. And I liked the bike and i knew there was potential there and then uh kind of through that process i would always try to slip over to the beta usa tent and make friends with those guys and i just wanted to be involved honestly i thought they were really cool bikes i really like the team and then uh going into the 2016 season i got um kind of a little startup opportunity they built me a bike and i think it was one of their leftovers but it, i mean it, it was brand new to me it might have had a couple hours on it and then that that year went really good. So we won the championship, and then uh, I got to sign with them as a um, factory sport rider. Um, I think it was halfway through sixteen, and then I've been been with them ever since. Okay, yeah, that's that's awesome. It's so funny how you know some of these relationships do start. You know, like you said, freak accident, your bike won't start right before a race, and next thing you know, you're, you're crazy. It's like getting Yeah, you're on a beta for a couple more years. Um. I've heard a lot of – I've never ridden one. I've heard a lot of good things, obviously, in the GCs with your brother and even Cody Barnes on the 125, you know, putting it up there. I know Cody Barnes even won a couple. Uh, how does the bike compare? Is it more like a KTM, like the Austrian, or is it more like one of the Japanese bikes uh, as, like, the feeling and power? It's definitely more more so towards the uh, KTM. The only other bike, uh, Japanese bike I rode was – I mean, on minis, I rode different things, but – I rode a Yamaha, um, I think in 14, but it's definitely more towards the, uh, the KTM. Um, <clears throat> they're real agile, honestly. So like the more I would tell people, the more technical, the better. Um, they've made a lot of adjustments. So it's a different bike, completely different bike. Like this year that I've rode since 2015, but as far as Enduros go, I mean, I think it's an amazing bike. You can, you know, the tight stuff and technical, it's awesome. But like I said, even now they've made a lot of adjustments and I mean, we can take them to a motor track and rip on them pretty good, especially Cody and Mike. They can they rip on theirs. Yeah, uh, I was at the first GCC, um, and I was walking by the Beta Ten, and I didn't even recognize the bike. It does, like you said, they made a lot of changes. It looks a lot different. Um, and then obviously your brother and Cody are absolutely ripping on it. They blew by me. <laughs> in, They're uh, doing good in Georgia, so it was pretty cool to see. Um, you mentioned you were at the ISD qualifier scene that you actually raced the ISD in 2017. What was that experience like? How did that come about? That was pretty crazy. I was, uh, um, so in 2017, I was doing uh, sprint enduros as well. And I think it was, it might've been round one. And I went there and uh, 
I didn't even know it was an IC qualifier. And so I was just there because it was, you know, a sprint and enduro and that was a series I was running. And, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was Eric Kudla come up to me and kind of halfway, I think between day one of the race. And he's like, Hey man, you racing the, you doing the IC qualifier? And I was like, Oh, you know, no, I don't think so. And he kind of checked results. It was all, if you want to sign up, you guys should be qualified. And I was like, huh, like I might look into that. And then kind of talked to him and then some other guys throughout the weekend and they sold me on it pretty good. So then by the, before that was even over, like me and my girlfriend already decided like, we got to do this. And then, uh, I went to, I think I had to do, I'm not sure. Cause they have, they started that series. I can't remember if I did one more of the qualifiers or not, <clears throat> but I remember getting a call from, from the AMA saying that I could go. And then from there, it was just kind of, I mean, the, <clears throat> the whole thing, getting the money to go. Luckily beta helped me out a ton with, uh, like parts and the bike and everything like that. So that helped, you know, take a ton of stress off of me for that. Um, but then kind of like a little side story into that. We did a, uh, we did a fundraiser going into that race. I think it was three months before and everything went awesome. I had uh, a lot of help from just sponsors and local friends that, you know, we put on this, it was a pretty good ride day. We raised a few thousand dollars and, uh, <clears throat> long story short, I was out, um, riding with the guys. I didn't plan on riding. And then all the guys were like, Oh, you know, you got to come ride with us. So anyway, I was, went out and did a couple laps in the woods. And I was going down this little hill. Nothing too crazy. I, I Still to this day, I don't even know what I did. I got a sharp um, pain in my hand. I don't know if something slapped my my hand or what. But I ended up breaking my hand right there. <clears throat> so I didn't even tell anybody. And I went through the rest of the day. I mean, I'd, yeah, I, said, I knew I'd messed something up pretty bad. I didn't know if it was, like, broken, broken. But, you know, it was, it was pretty tender. And I actually even called my girlfriend, like, because I went back to the trailer. And I called her. She was the only one I told. And uh, I was like, man, I think I might have broke my wrist. She agreed. She's like, oh, we can't tell anybody. And I'm like, I know. Like, I felt bad. We just raised all this money. And, like, I didn't know what to do. So I just played it off. And then uh, I went home. Went home, and I got looked at from, like, three different doctors. And we're lucky where I live. Uh, well, my parents live right by um, Notre Dame College there. So really good doctors. And um, went and got looked at from a specialist there. And I think it was by right by that Friday I was already in surgery. It was way worse than I thought it was. And this was, I think, two, yeah, two or three months right before ICE. So long story short, I got these external pins in my hand and I ended up getting them out. Um, I think it was only like a week and a half before I Jeez. flew over to. So I went over there with no, like, absolutely zero time. Man, that's a, that's a bummer, dude. This sport is so brutal with stuff like that. And the worst times, it always seems like stuff happens. That's for sure. It was a good mental, like, it was definitely, I knew it was going to be mental. I mean, I've never, it was my first ICE and the days were, I mean, it was a, a really cool experience, honestly. France was awesome. Um, but for me, I like any mental mental challenge I can get into. And I'd say I knew from not riding, I was going to be insanely yeah. sore. And I wanted to be fast too, but my, I wanted to get through each day. And my hand got kind of, kind of sore throughout the week, but I'd say it was a big, uh, big mental thing throughout the week just staying mentally sharp i mean all that you're on the bike for i think you're on the bike like seven hours a day it was a long time and you're doing i mean it was like 100 120 miles i think were some of the like uh i guess throughout the whole day I mean, you know some of that stuff's road and everything but just still being you know trying to be mentally sharp all day was a challenge yeah and it's one thing to be on the bike for seven hours but then to do it for a whole week too which is just gnarly exactly it's uh... it was crazy but it was 
it was a definitely a good experience. I say I, I didn't go as fast as I wanted, but I think uh, my best test might have been I think it was right around the twelfth or thirteenth, which you know I had better goals, but I knew my speed was going to be off from not having any time going in. And that I see it's a little bit of everything, right? They have the grass tests and more tight stuff and all that. Yeah, real similar to uh, like a sprint enduro, but um, when we were in France, it was actually almost all grass track. There wasn't too much um, woods. We ran, we ran a lot of grass track, which you know, from what I heard, um, isn't quite normal. Um, they kind of set it up, you know, a little different than you know, if I don't know, it was up to the property or whatever. But yeah, most of the the tests were. Well, the grass track, um, one thing I was surprised with, though, over there was the transfer trails were, they're honestly tough. Mm-hmm. Um, like a way more tough, um, way more tough than the National Enduro would be that some of the sections were, I mean, they were legit challenging. I mean, it, which is cool because they can do that. I mean, you've got, you know, there's no, not as many classes or you don't have the A, B, and C. So everybody, there's a pretty legitimate rider and they threw in some pretty tough stuff. So it was, it was an experience with that, too. Yeah. Honestly, it just sounds awesome as a whole event. I wish they would have one over here, but it's probably never going to happen. I hope so. I, you know, you always hear the rumors, but, man, I wish they would do it. It's something that I wish everybody in the off-road community, you know, GNC Enduro could experience because that was the coolest thing I've ever done on a dirt bike for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it definitely looks like it when I you know, see all the videos and stuff. Um, so you mentioned you know, race some sprint Enduros. You've raced GNCC, you've raced Enduros. What's, uh, what's your favorite discipline? I would say. I think my favorite, my favorite still probably the National Enduro Series. Um, I like, I just never, so I did GNCC's first. Oh, I did local stuff. Um, but the main National Series I did first was uh, GNCC. And I just never, I don't know, I never excelled that well. I had some decent A rides, but nothing crazy. Um, I just kind of seemed to, I, don't know, I never clicked with it, unfortunately, because I think it's a, honestly a great series like yeah. that. I love the racing part of it. You know, I, I do miss that with the Enduros. You know, I like lining up and rubbing elbows and, you know, really grinding out for two, three hours, you know, whatever the race is you're doing. But for whatever reason, when I got on the on the beta and got in the National Enduro Series, like everything clicked and I was able to find my speed and, you know, in a, in a comfortable way too. Um, so it was always, always good there. It was kind of a fresh start as well. Um, but I'd say, yeah, National Enduro is my favorite. Um Sprint enduros are fun, and I like those a lot. But sometimes they get, you know, if you're not comfortable on the track, man, you get sketchy because you got yeah. you got to be pinned to go to get the time. So yeah, it always it seems that way. I know you know a couple of kids who even got like hurt pretty good at at those just because you're it's so short, so you're wide open the whole time. Oh, for sure, it's everything you got, and like I say, if you're not comfortable, there's it's so short, you don't have a choice. You got to you know it's, you got to go fast. Uh, let's take it way back here, Alex. How did you first get started riding? Uh, so my dad um, was the racer before anything, and um, kind of like a big family put together. Uh, he did a lot of um, – he was actually big in the flat track. Okay. Um, and some ice racing, especially in our area growing up, you know, in northern Indiana. And then he got into the Enduros and hair scrambles and everything like that as well. And then uh, I've actually got three brothers and a sister um, – my oldest brother, Adam, you know, he started um, racing just, you know, for my dad and then Tyler, uh, myself and Mike, and then my sister, Jess and everything. We It was a big, mm-hmm. big family thing. Um, we did all the district races. Um, never planned to, to be anything crazy from it. I wasn't even, definitely wasn't the fastest brother growing up. Uh, my older brother, Tyler, 
me and Adam, they were actually both good. Um, but just kind of, it clicked for me, like definitely later. And then obviously Mike was, Mike was always fast for sure. Like that kid was ripping on fifties, <laughs> but it, I think persistence and I mean, I'm definitely dedicated and, uh, I think I'm a sore loser too. So I, I always stuck with it and just kind of, it took me a long time, but yeah, growing up racing my brother in the backyard, um, we'd be on P-dubs and <clears throat> XRs and everything like that. always chasing each other. Yeah. I think having like siblings that do the same thing as you, I think helps because like, even for me, like I have a, I have a little brother and I know last two years ago, he finally, he got promoted to the A class in FCR, our local series. And he'd been beating me from the, from the B line. And then the second he gets in my class, like, it's like something just clicks, like I can't let him beat me. So I think this is sibling rivalry kind of. Fits it. <laughs> exactly. It's good. It's definitely good. It helps. Uh, before I let you go, Alex, I have to ask. So there's a, a photo of either you or your brother going over the bars into a creek down in Mayaka. Is that you or is that Mike? Going over the bars. Where's it at? It's in Mayaka? Yeah, it was a Sadger race or something. I think you were riding the track before it, maybe cutting trail. And you're right over the bars, right into the creek. Uh, KTM fly gear, I think. What's the number on that bike? Do you know? I don't know. There might not even been one, to be honest. I can't, I don't know, it's just, so I see it every now and then. I'm pretty sure, so I went down there, because um, I, I used to, I'd race a couple of FCRs uh, throughout my winters going down there. I think the last one I raced was 2015. Mm-hmm. But I think that picture, I think I know what you're talking about, it's from uh, 2014, and I was actually, met up with Jesse Ansley, yeah. and I think it was his aunt, maybe? Yeah. Or Dor- something? Dor- okay, yeah, it was her. But it was my buddy, um, his name's Elliot. I'm pretty oh. sure that's Elliot. And so we were taking pictures. And anyway, we come up to this creek. And she's like, oh, yeah, I want to get pictures of you guys here. And I'm pretty sure me and Jesse looked at each other. And I was like, oh, man, like this thing had like white caps. And I was like, that's deep. Like I'm not, I'm not wheeling through that. And next thing I know, my buddy Elliot just comes wide open through there. And yeah, there's the picture from it. I'm pretty sure that's that picture, though. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah that would be it. Yeah, that thing, even in the, like, the races, that thing was, kind of, that, by the Sunday afternoon race, it'd get all dug out and a little gnarly. So I could definitely see it. That's crazy. Um, all right, man, thank you for coming on. Uh, who do you want to thank before we get done here? Uh, Beta USA, um, betaparts.com. They're a new website that just opened up. Um, so anybody with a beta looking for a good deal on parts, that's a place to go. Um, fly racing, TTX boots, uh, Enduro Engineering. Hoosier Tires, their new sponsor. That one's pretty cool. Uh, XC Gear, HBD Graphics, M&J Solutions, G2 Ergonomics, uh, Poucher USA, and uh, Nissan Brakes. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, thank you again for coming on. You enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, hope to see you out at some races this year. All right, sounds good, man. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm sure I'll see you at some races soon. Cool. See ya. See ya. Straight call up in the Straight 
living the life, that's how I live. Try to get out, tell me how to survive without my crew. Armani's, Ferraris, casinos, hitting jackpots. Good luck, I think not. We own the car from block to block. City to city, all day, every day. It's like a celebration for the criminal nation. Hey, me wife and kids, that's what I need. Wanna go out like a man, try to understand without blood on my hands. Dear God, please save my soul. I put the rest on hold, not seven. I still got time to reach heaven. A million reasons to get out, choose one. There's only one to put the nine millimeter to your dome. Then you're gone. Did I do right or wrong? Tell me. I might drop some tears from my eye, but you never see me cry. Champagne, spit rhymes like crazy insane. LA to Stock Town, different players caught up in the same.